Yo, yo, yo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Miami Mayhem Show. What up, Ayo? What's happening, buddy? What's happening, buddy? Another day, another dollar. Got a new, new little jersey on here. Got a, you know, the announcement came out. Had to go ahead and roll with it a little bit. Uh, guys, thank you for everybody joining us. We already, hey, we got Flo in the house. What up, Mr. Becker? Jarrell, Workforce. Hope everybody's having a great evening, man. We appreciate everybody joining us and all that. Yeah, my, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, you were close. He said 360 on the ground with Temple. He was close. close with no what so, got a special guest coming on here in a few minutes, man. Um, you know, we got a little bye week, so it's a nice little football talk, kind of throw some things out there for everybody. But, um, you know, first, uh, I want to give a shout out, Mr. Chad Barr, uh, sponsor of the Miami Mayhem show. Um, if you need anything, you have his information right there, Chad Barr Law. Uh, can deal with anybody anywhere in the country as offices in different states, especially our vets. And on this show specifically, or at all of our shows, when we talk about vets, AO, we want to say thank you to all armed force members, vets, and current. We appreciate everything you do to protect this country. So shout out to everybody overseas who can't be with their families. We appreciate everybody especially. So, um, AO, what's up with you, bro? Hey, man, uh, enjoying my half day. So what can you do? Half day, no work tomorrow. Nice little long weekend. Get the house ready for the fall, man. You know, it's sometimes it's good to get a little little break in there to get some get some much-needed stuff to do, especially because I'm not going to be doing anything else on Saturdays because, well, we're walking into ACC play. So I'll be making sure that I'm glued to the TV on Saturday nights. So exactly. <laughs> how about you, buddy? Uh, you know, man, um, every team needs a bye week. We all know that but it's the most boring week in, in football for us. Let's just get on to Georgia Tech, man. I, I can't wait. I'm a little riled up right now. And, and and while I'm riled up, AO, why don't we just bring our boy on? Go ahead and just and just bring up the man of the hour. What up, Dick? What's good, guys? How you guys doing? Great, man. We appreciate you, Tate. I know how busy you are. We appreciate you taking a little time to hang out with you. We're going to chop it up about a few little things, give something for the fans uh, to talk about here on the bye week because you know how everybody is, man. It's when you're when you're starting off with a season the way you are, you don't want to stop, right? You know, you get some chills going on. But Derek, do me a favor, let everybody know where they can find you and stuff like that for me. Well, first and foremost, I always want to thank you guys for what you guys talked about for the vets and stuff. My dad being a Vietnam vet in the Marine Corps. I appreciate you guys, you know, doing that first and foremost. Uh, you know, that's uncle was a great <laughs> uncle was a Navy SEAL who, uh, yeah. unfortunately, at, of, of age, just passed away a few months ago. Oh, we just got to hear flags. that. Yeah. It's a big yeah. deal, man. Well, thank you. Thank you, your pops, for his service. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter, uh, Kane Fan Co. You can find me on IG at I Put On For My City 305. Um, yeah. You know, no, nothing major, you know, just doing me and, you know, just – enjoying life bro so you know everything revolves around that orange and green you know especially at this time of the year you know football football season is actually a little bit more fun than you know baseball and basketball even though there's still a lot of hype and things like that but when you get into the nitty-gritty man you know university of miami was founded on that football so i get jacked up with this time of year <laughs> well you know when you go and before we get into our, some of the bigger topics when you go 4-0 and you see the excitement around the program, everybody knows Mario's history. 
Mario's been a straightforward, this is the way I run stuff. You don't like it. Get the hell out, right? He's always been like that. But the announcements have come in the last 24 hours. Georgia Tech. And you know the rumor is that he was supposed to use them last year, but he didn't care. The team wasn't winning. You don't do your job. You yep. don't get the good stuff to do. Yeah. But you have this. You have a whiteout. I mean, the environment. What's your feeling around this program right now, especially how close you are? I've seen all your pictures of the history on, on Twitter. So we know how close you are with former players, current players, staff. What's What's the vibe like? So obviously it's good. Obviously when you're winning, it, ch- it changes your whole perspective, right? But for me personally, I don't care if we're 0-11. I mean, I'm going to get upset, but I'm going to support. I'm going to support, you know, regardless, right? But obviously seeing a winning program to start off going 4-0, and you can't take away – you look at your caliber of, you know, play, like teams that you've played so far. It hasn't been that type of great competition, right? Miami of Ohio, you know, Bethune, you know, Temple. You know, A&M was supposed to be your big test. Um, but again, now you're getting into ACC play. I want to see how you kind of, you know, what's your resolve? You know, how are you going to go forward? Georgia Tech, I still think you kind of smashed them. But getting to your point, you know, last year you were five and seven. I don't think you deserved anything, right? So again, you right. want to talk about Miami Knights. You want to talk about wideouts. Like I'm an old school guy, right? Like I'm, I don't care about the Oregon's and all the different uniforms. Yeah. Just get on the field and play ball. Play Miami football the way that it was intended to be you know, from the years, from the 80s, 90s, 2000s. You know, you want to throw a little flash in there. And, and I, you know, that's more for recruits and things like that because they want to, right? And for the fans. Right. Not only for the fans, but for the merchants, right? You look at Caneswear and All Canes and different places that want to sell, you know, uh, apparel to the fans. They got to make that money too, right? But to me, you know, we came out a couple years ago and and we wore the the Miami Knights 2.0. And we got blasted by North Carolina by like 40 points. So what did uniforms do for you back then, right? Nothing. So to me, it's not what's it's not about the uniform, it's about who's in that uniform and who's putting that effort on the field. Hey, yo, is yeah, it just that. me or does he sound like Mario? <laughs> does he, Correct. Does he... and, and it's contagious. It's very contagious of what what the what the top brass really says because it, it's it like like Derek said, it's meaningful, you know, where, where I don't feel like it's been sugar-coated for the last two years, you know, and I'm waiting for the downfall. I, I buy all the merchandise knowing in the back of my mind, well, when a A&M comes, they're going to stomp us into the ground. Or when Clemson comes, I'm probably going to only watch a half of a game, and then I got other shit I'm going to be able to do. I don't feel that way this year because you've seen the foundation being set. It's real, you know, and I I, I love what Derek said is it's – it's building to what it really should have been. And this is Miami football completely. So, well, let me ask you this, AO, and, and I want you to I want you to bring this up with Derek now. Derek made a great point. So did you came off in the brass, but oh, hold up a second. Hey, we got Bingo. our first donor of the night, Norman. Norman, what's good, Kane's fan? Norman is one of the best. Uh he supports all the all the channels. He Derek, he watches everything. He's actually in Hawaii. We wow. sent him one of our shirts one day, and uh, that's the most expensive shipping I've ever seen. <laughs> but you Norman, pay him to have the shirt, it. I like it. <laughs> but for Norman's support, it was well worth it. That's the most expensive shirt ever from this show, exactly. But, you know, when, when, when Derek talks about the glamour, which I'm sorry, as a fan, I love it. Derek this is the first time on the show, but I'm known as the Kane's Juice guy. People ask me how we're going to do this year. I said 15-0. Well, you're crazy, Lex. No, I'm not. 
I know my team can win every game you start because you start with the same score. We have the talent. Do you want to play? So I go to every game. So they call me crazy, stop doing drugs. I don't give a crap. We're going 15 and 0. So I like the glamour. Right. But if you have the glamour, if you're winning, you're giving something to the fans. Right. AO, how does this work with the stadium that's always been empty? If you if you give a winning product, you're giving new jerseys, which is great for recruits. And you know, we're in a different realm. 30 years ago, Ray Lewis didn't give a crap about these uniforms, but now they do. Ayo, yeah. how does that work for the stadium, guys? I, I think that brings it perfectly into the good side of what the stadium has. You know, and one thing I want to kind of show everybody is the 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 what the great part of the hard rock really is. Remember, this is a world-class top-end stadium. Very proud to have this type of stadium at our disposal. I mean just from like the optics alone, when your stadium can show you like, Hey, if you need some food to eat, don't worry. I have this for you. Oh, if you want to keep going oh, level two, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, you're still hungry. Come on down to level (laughs) 300. That is a world renowned stadium. Other colleges aren't offering that where they're offering formula one. They're offering the U S open. They're, they're still going to be open for the orange bowl. And then they have us and a NFL team. There's concerts there. There's the ambiance of what it really has. I mean, you've seen the pictures of what the Orange Bowl does during the Orange Bowl games. You guys have a 4th of July celebration down there, too. I mean, it it does a lot of centerpiece stuff. Lex, I think I'm going to start with you, and then I'll go down to Derek, is the first thing that when you walk into that stadium – for the first time, what do you think is the first reaction or first thing you notice about about being at the Hard Rock? You know, and Derek's seen more of the stadium than I have. Is every time I'm in my seat, I'm looking at Derek and JD. I'm like, yeah, those are my peeps. Um, compare, like, I haven't been to many college stadiums, Derek and AO, and I have a goal one day because I, I have like five or six I want to see. But I, you know, I live here in Orlando. I go to UCF with some friends a lot. Uh, I've done the USF with a couple of friends that are, you know, that used to go there and stuff. But our stadium, when you get there and you just see the hard rock from the outside, it has a feel like a stadium. So I don't care how many people complain that we're an hour away when let's just put it out there. I'm going to say most of the fans that come to the games are north of the actual hard rock, Derek. Yeah. I think most fans are north of it. So I, I get the feeling. I know you walk in there. I, I've seen it. Um, a buddy of mine that's sitting next to Derek gave me some seats for the Pittsburgh game last year. I was on the opposite side, Derek, on the same end zone. So I got to enjoy those four seats, and I'm like, this day, this, this is a whole – you don't see this in most college stadiums, bro. Yeah. So I love the field. Would I love our own stadium? Yes. But I think the stadium ambiance is, is badass. If we can just fill it. Yeah. Right. Derek, what about you? What do you think is your the good side of what you, you love about the stadium itself? I think it's twofold for me. I mean, obviously, look, I, I'm an OB guy, right? Like, I, I'm an old head where, you know, th- there was nothing like the OB. You know, I would get at the OB five hours early. I would be at the gate. They would, like, manually start cranking the gate up, and we would roll under the gate. And, like, the West End Zone was general admission. It was first come, first serve. So we were like literally thinking we were like, you know, 
Usain Bolt and Michael Johnson, all these guys, like it was a mad dash to get to your seat because again, there was no, you know, assigned seats. It's wherever you, who got there first, that was your seat. Oh. Right? So like the OB wow. was general, the whole West end zone was general admission. So it, wow. it was, that was what made the OB what the OB was. When you go up to the rock, like, like, you know, like, like, like Lex said, it's just the mantra and the, the mystique of the rock. When you roll up to it, you see this beautiful stadium, right? And I have been fortunate enough to go to a bunch of college station, uh, college uh, stadiums. Last year, we went out to Texas A&M. That was just a massive structure. You're talking 107,000 people crammed into a uh, into a stadium. And you have to remember, that's coming off a loss to, um, I believe it was App State last year. They came off a loss, and they filled it. Why doesn't Miami, you know, fill the stadium? I don't know. But when you look at the Hard Rock, it's there for you. It's luxurious you know again you got the field club you got the suite you got club live you know you, it's whatever you want at that stadium is there like you brought up the menus like whatever you want for the most part the stadium's going to give it to you the ambiance the atmosphere you know especially being down in the field club on the west side you get that smoke like you can get right there next to the players you can high five them as they're running out that smoke like that's pretty cool to, to be a part of you know especially when you like someone for like me who lives and breathes that stuff? Like, mm-hmm. there's no better feeling than that. And they give and that. You got, and you got the Hard Rock, and you got casinos next to the stadium. Yeah. You got you got the smaller casino next to it, right? Yeah. Right around the corner with the stadium hotel. You've got the Hard Rock Casino, which is massive, nine minutes away. I just, you know, Ao and 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 there, just you know, Ao's coming down for his first game. We've announced it. Uh, <laughs> we got some big parties, man. I'm gonna send you an invite. We're going to be hanging out on the, the Clemson week. We're okay. going to be at So if you want to join us. Yeah, but it's – I still don't get it. Why? And I don't – the excuse of our student population is only 12,000, 14,000, right? Or something like that, I believe it is. 14, yeah. I don't care. I've been there yeah. when we played FSU. Last year's FSU game, there was more FSU fans than there were Miami fans. Correct. A lot of and people gonna... like to buy those seats and just sell them because they can make a profit off of that, right? Right. That's, you know, again, I'm sure you guys already know this stat, but you look at the 2001 team as potentially the greatest team ever, right? That's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I say the 2000 team was probably better than the 01 team. That's just my opinion. Um, but again, a lot of guys from the 01 carried over to the, to, I mean, from the, o, the 2000 right. team carried to the 01 team. But even then in the OB, you only average around 45, 46,000 fans, you know, at the OB. It's just one of those things. The fans, if you're not winning, and if it's not a big game, if it's not a Florida State top 10 matchup, it would, back then if it's not the Michael Vick or the yeah. Notre Dames, you're just not going to get the crowd. You know, you're going to get your regulars. You're going to get your locals. But you're not going to get the, you know, the overall just general fans showing up to that game. Yeah, and I, I think you guys bring up a good point, which will lead us kind of into this, is kind of like what Derek said is we're we're – we're not going to be able to sell out all these games, right? Which is fine. I, I completely understand that, but I'm also going to play the game with you guys and we're going to play guess that stadium. And it's going to be this one. So all these are going to be of next week, right? So let's guess what this price of this, this stadium is. It's $120 for one ticket for next week. Their game is against a non-ranked opponent. Who do you think this one would be? $120 for one ticket. And that's Lower Bowl? That's Lower Bowl. 
UCF? 120. Derek, what, who do you think it is? 120 non-ranked opponent. Um, can, can you give me, is it an ACC school? It oh, is an ACC school. How do you get the damn hints like this? Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at the stadium. Um, <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm kind of stumped. I, I know the stadium and it's not, man, I'm lost. Someone I mean, thinks it is. It? Chat, go ahead and put your, your thoughts in here too. Someone thinks it's USC. No, hey, it's, it's, quick, it's, an ACC, it's an ACC school. It's ACC. If it, if it, it it's not you, Carolina. It's 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 not. Because it, it reminds me. Pitt. It reminds me of. It, but it's an ACC school. Never mind. Temple's not ACC. It reminds me of the, of the, where we just played at this past. I was there, Derek. I was, You're close. You go? <clears throat> it reminds me of Temple. You're close. Hey, You're real close. quick, man. Plenty. We have Ian Moore. Oh, there you with go. Nineteen ninety nine Dono. It's nice to finally have a coach that feels like they're moving in the right direction, not playing down the competition, taking care of business. It's great to be a Miami Hurricane. Keep voting. Hey, Ian, we uh, Sorry, agree Derek. with you 100%. <laughs> you know, I, I believe Mario put a quote on Twitter that he there's, or his wife did that there's no way this man can go to the grave not knowing Miami is not in the right direction. And you just know – you have that feeling. You know what he does, you know? So yeah. You guys ready to see who this is? Yes. Is it an old? It's an Atlantic, Georgia Tech. Is Georgia Tech? Georgia Tech at Miami? Yeah, that's ours for next week. That's the Hard Rock. That's Hard Rock. I, can if, you go if back? If you go there? on StubHub, yep. If you go back on StubHub, this is what exactly the, the they take you to from the yeah. website, and this is our price for the current ticket. You know what, Derek? There are the four screens in the corner. Yeah, yep. oh, now, there's, now there's your pillars. But when yep. I look at, like, when I go on my app, it, it doesn't really show that. It's right, kind of, it shows a little different. Yeah, a little different. Yeah. So, but I, so, I always look at the, I look at the sections, right? Because like 111 is right at the tunnel, so that's where I was really getting ready to look at is some of the section numbers. So next one, so this one, and this one's a little bit of a cheat. I didn't get a chance to to cross this out. That's a big house. That is correct. So as you guys can see, this is Michigan's. And their current price for their ticket is going for same area. So their lower bowl for their their sections is going for 125. Now let me ask pretty, you this. Pretty close so to what we are. Big house. So the big house has 80 or 90,000 and they don't even fill that corner. Well, right now the tickets are still going on sale. Their 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 next game is two weeks away, too. Well, okay. they have a home, they have a they're going to Nebraska and then they're gonna be at home for Purdue. So another non-ranked team. So this price is what their seats are for all throughout the seating for 135 per ticket, but they are also the number two team in the country right now versus a non-ranked. So if we're, if we're looking at this kind of objectively, we're right up there with the highest price tickets in the land right now. now here, here's going to be my favorite one. We're going to try and bring this a little bit down to, to notch where we can kind of see what these are. Try and guess this stadium. That's a shoe. So this one is going to be the prices about one hundred and eight dollars per this ticket. This game is no fun, man. Derek's gonna win. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not the horseshoe. I mean, it's not Ohio State. It looks more like Wake or, um, you know, which one? It does remind me a little or bit. Virginia. Of? It could be Virginia. 
No, but you know who has a stadium like this? Doesn't Appalachian State have that because they're down in the bowl and one side is like Ooh. a mountainside, which is like, you know, Ooh. so yeah, where there's empty bones. space, it's the grass area they would be sitting at. Is what is not App State, is but, it? Well, Virginia has the same thing. Virginia has a whole student section on, on the open on the open side. Uh, you paying one hundred eight dollars for for that ticket though for App State? No, but I'm just guessing the state. I'm not looking at the tickets. I'm having uh, right. So, the so the ticket here. right now for this stadium is at one hundred eight dollars for their game coming up. Who is it? Final guess. Yeah, big is Duke. Yeah. Oh, look at Jorge. Jorge got yep. it right. Correct. So. Now, if we're going to take this and, and compare it, right? So where, where on a 1 to 10 scale do you really put consider Georgia Tech? So this is what I want to kind of show you guys is a non-ranked Clemson is still a very good Clemson team that could yeah. easily beat Duke, right? The Purdue game is a pretty decent competitor in the Big 12, Big 10, but they are also like 1 in 3 right now too. But you have Michigan as a number two seed right now. So that's going to draw in tickets because the demand is extremely high. So those tickets are already majority sold. Right. I think they're at, like right now, they're at 90% sold. So those last remaining tickets are sky high because of the demand and supply left. Now, I want to put in context. We were giving out these, these tickets with the buy one, get one free. So... That's a very mid team for what we expect out of Georgia Tech, right? So let's walk into this last one. This one has a ranked team versus Kansas. a non ranked team. Kansas. It is, damn it, I forgot, I, this one had it on there. Now, look, this is what our prices should probably be most comparative to. Now, look over to the right. What are the prices for the tickets? Per ticket. Can, Derek, can, can I ask you a question, yeah. Derek? Yeah. With with how much you've been with the Miami season tickets, and I've seen the history of you over social media, why doesn't Miami get more involved? It was always said, why doesn't Miami get involved more with YMCA clubs? Uh, you know, the, the younger 10-year-old teams, hey, look, here's 10 tickets. Come join the game where you might spend money on refreshments and food, and this it still brings some value when you're not filling it up anyway. I mean, nobody's sitting – I sit in 316, row 15, and there's 10 rows behind me, and they're usually never behind me. Nobody ever is. Why don't they get more involved to, to maybe bring the community? I, right. feel like, I feel like Miami, look at their payroll. Look what they're giving Mario. Look what they're building, right? I'm just using that for example. You're building right. $150 million plus dollar, you know, football building. You're giving your coach $80 million over 10 years. Your recruiting budget is through the roof. You ever see where they take these kids every single time these recruits come down? Somebody's got to pay for it, right? So, like, right. and I listen, I'm a firm, firm believer is you go out to the boys club, you go out to the local Pop Warner teams, you know, on the, on a Georgia Tech game, you know, you might have 45, 50,000 fans there, but you go out and you give tickets to all these little league teams and be like, hey, look, now, granted, a lot of these Little League teams are usually playing on Saturdays, so you're not going to get those you know, kids to come out there and play. Um, sure. I just think to, in today's society, everything is a business. You know, right. you talk about now, – now, A.O., you talk about like – look at Nebraska. Nebraska has sold out their, their, their football stadium probably for the last 50 years. It doesn't matter if they win one game or not. 
Just like if right. you watched a couple weeks ago, on um, they had ninety thousand fans there for volleyball. volleyball. Women's volleyball. So, yeah, but that's wild. the passion. But see, that's the passion and the drive. That first of all, there's nothing to do in Lincoln, Nebraska. But that's what you get, right? You get diehards that will go to anything when that stadium is open. Right, and like you, you, you guys both brought up the the really good point. This has been. This is on Miami's website. Okay. This is the average tickets <laughs> and average attendance. Exactly. So I even made sure we put on there. What our 01 squad did. Like I told you, said, you roughly 45,000. <laughs> exactly. Like the only difference I wanted people to start kind of noticing was there has been upticks and downticks, but it's been pretty consistent for what really we were the draw of. You know, like you guys both mentioned, it's consistently right where it has always been with some attendance here, some attendance there. Um, I think even on the. Well, next can I ask you guys a question? And are these numbers where it says the average? Is that ticket sales or people that actually get a ticket scanned through the gate? Because, you know, you, I'm sorry, Derek, but we've been, you know, the last my first two years of being a season ticket holder, I've always gone to two or three games a year, but I'm like, two games a year, I can get a better price for being a season ticket holder instead of buying tickets. And, right. you know, they said, oh, there was 47,000 people at the game. And I'm like, yeah, like I was sitting up here. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I, I think this is sold because, sold. like you said, like it's it's very much sold. But I think Steve-O and uh, Rasa brought up really good points as well. Is a lot of times people go to the game and then they go down to the amenities and they kind of are down there. So it's never everybody's just in their seat at all time, you know, where people are moving around throughout Hard Rock. So it is hard to kind of tell. But like you guys both mentioned, a lot of times you buy a ticket and you don't go to the game. It's still a bought ticket. Uh, the next one is when we did actually move over to the like from uh, to the actual Hard Rock. Yeah. So it does mention that yes, a lot of people have always been wondering when our actual uh, contract is. It is until thirty three. It's a little right. bit longer than I even thought it was. Yeah, it's so your contract. Yeah, it, it's up there. So we we're going to be getting used to it. But this is the one thing I kind of wanted people to kind of take into account, right? Is over the last couple of years of what we kind of seen is Miami was fifth when it came to having our 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 attendance where it was kind of at versus the ACC. Now, like you guys both mentioned, we're a bigger stadium, so it looks a little bit less packed, but we're still fifth in the ACC after a very, very terrible year. So, but the thing I kind of kept looking over at was that 20 to 15, where we were having the highs and the lows. But you kind of notice that it was coming down. You know, even that 21 season was one of the lowest seasons it's had over its recent 20 years, where even those 20 years of being mediocre, we still were filling up the stands pretty decently compared to what everybody else in the ACC was doing as well. Well, I think I think you can look at a couple of things with that, right? You get you acquire Coach Rick in 2016, right? So that brings right. a lot of buzz, you know, to the to the to the table. Right? Great. It was a great hire. Yeah, you know, and again, yep. look, you, 2017, you, you know, you start off 10-0. and 0. I still think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in that season. Um, you know, so you had a lot of, you know, you had a hype game against uh, Notre Dame. You had the Vatek game in 2017. So, again, it was really packed. Um, you know, then, you know, Rick retires. You get Manny. You get to hold the new Miami. So everybody was on board. You know, it's we're going to do this. We're going to do that. You bring out the turnover chain. So you had a lot of hype over the last couple of years. And if that stat is right. accurate, you got to remember 2020 was, I believe, the COVID year 
where you didn't have right. a lot of people going in 2020. So that number could be more inflated if you actually played a full, you know, a full capacity of fans that we would generate. Um, yeah. I think, like you said, like, I think that 15, 16, and 17 really get helped out once we had that Notre Dame game where it's sold out. And then you had the, uh, the Virginia Tech game that gets really close to being sold out. And then you get the Notre Dame game in there that gets really close to being sold out. So that helps that average out, right? Because right? when you're – because like we've been talking about, the one biggest thing that our anti-recruiting has been what? It's been all look at your stadium, look at your stadium. They make sure they take the photo of no one's really there. And that's always hyped up because it's probably before everybody even gets to their seats, right? But as – what I kind of wanted to point to as the bad for me is I look at the behind the scenes where if it's my job to fill that stadium, I have to do everything in my power to fill it up. Knowing that 86% is not a hundred, right? That we have to see it increase some way, somehow 2022, you knew that we were going to get the hype. Like you said, we had the investments all there. So we needed to up the, the, the game. Now, here's something I, I kind of wanted to point to is guess what this person is. If they're a entry level, a executive level, or a extremely high level. And this one is going to kind of rattle some people. So this is off of what we have for their experience. So these are actual people. And they're the first one is a premium, premium experience at the University of Miami. They have over 500 plus contacts. They have about six years of experience and their prior education was from FIU. Do you think they are entry intermediate executive? Well, you would think with that criteria that you might be kind of up a little bit, but I'll probably say that's going to be somewhere in the entry level person. Correct. Lex, how about you? I think so too, especially with the number of people there. You know what I'm saying? It, it doesn't. When you talk about those kind of years, you thought that'd be a higher management executive level, but it's not. It's entry level. This is a executive level for Miami. Uh, number two, next one is a manager. Their their prior engagement was, or sorry, prior education was from the University of Georgia. No prior experience. One year of. Uh, in, oh, sorry, being employed by University of Miami. Do you think they are beginning, middle, top? They're probably going to be top just based on (laughs) 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 middle, middle. How about you, Derek? I'm going to say it's probably someone that like their executive level. This one is actually middle. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you think about yeah. it, right? Like Miami doesn't really hire the, the like the way that they structure things isn't like isn't the smartest way to do things. They they, they just right. don't do things the right way. I'm not knocking, yeah. them, but like some of the, some of the things that they do just doesn't make sense. Correct. Do you think Rad so is Rad is looking right. into things like that to? I, I mean, would I hope so. Only been here what a year and a half, I believe. So, right. you think Rad's trying to change this kind of stuff? But this is the thing: is when I dig into this. I don't think these are actually – they are employed by the Canes. But I do not think they actually get their orders from the Canes. I think this is, ties back over to Hard Rock. So when I'm looking into them, there are specific people underneath them 
and above them, but they are not associated with the Hurricane Athletics. They're also associated with the Hard Rock side. So I think a lot of this tends to be if you're making a decision, it has to get cleared by Hard Rock first. So this next person as an executive has been with the program for two years, no prior experience, and their only affiliation prior from education is from FSU. Do you think they're lower, 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 mid, or top? There, you go first. You're our guest. I mean, if they're an executive, right, you would think that they're a top-tier person. I, I mean, I just based on what the title says, an executive at Miami. Right. I, but again, it could be a mid-level or you know a higher level. But you know, looking at the title, you would assume it'd be someone higher. This one, this one's mid. So this it's one's mid, a mid which, which makes sense. Too. So this one is the next one names? is sales. I do, but I'm, I won't put their names out here. But I'll, I'll send you the names of who yeah. they are. Um, but this one is a, a sales and sales and service person, five hundred plus contacts, and. Oh, sorry. For the manager, they have less than 500, which is really easy to do on the platform that they're all on. Um, so that's kind of concerning is if your main objective for that manager is to go get new business and you have less than 500, <laughs> that's pretty concerning. Sorry. But anyway, for the for the sales and executive or sales and service, this person has only three years of being employed. They had two years prior experience. Do you think they're beginning, mid, or above? Entry. Male or female? Uh, this one, I think, is oh, – this one's a female. You have the name in front of you? I'm just asking. I, I, it's on my other – it's on my other social media stuff. I was going to get initials to see if I knew who it was. Derek already knows. Oh, go ahead. I think I, I think I do. Uh, KB? Yeah, yeah, okay. yep. <laughs> so, top. I guess we lost on this. Oh one. yeah, executive. Like, yep, top. Yeah. So, this 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 one's my biggest concern. Okay, this this client experience is my biggest concern. Been employed eleven months at Miami. Only prior experience was University of of Wyoming, and their education is from Oklahoma State. Top, beginner, mid, up. Based on credentials, you would think that would be entry level, but again, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say above. Mid. I'm gonna say higher. <laughs> okay. This is your top. This is your top person. You serious? I'm serious. The the so then I'm gonna put this in context, right? Because I don't want to just blast on one side, but I want to come and show something too. Sales and service. So the equal job at Miami, 500 plus contacts, had prior experience, has one year. And their education is from Florida. Do you think they're beginning, middle, and end? Or sorry, beginner, intermediate, top. Their education is from Florida, so they are parking lot attendants. <laughs> we don't take education. I'm going to say mid. I'll go with mid. See, this is where we're getting ourselves. This is what's happening at Miami's. We're we're granting all this, but really, this is a beginner, and they're at Florida as a beginner, exactly where they should be. So this person at Miami is mid. Yeah. Where they should be is entry. And these are the people that are directing our sales. This is what I wanted to show people is the this team is one 
way under for what a team really should be. You should have close to maybe a hundred people, if not more as a couple different groups, as sales, as experience, as marketing, as social media, all that kind of stuff, right? You should have plenty of teams. We're looking at a team that I don't even think they even hit 50. That's hard to do. Extremely hard to do, you know, as operations, that's, that's tough. But this is also what this team has done too. Over the last year, you raised ticket prices on a losing record. You raised the parking lot prices. Also, Mm -hmm. you got rid of a tailgating area without any kind of compensation for that, or even finding a way to alternatively help the fans out by saying, Hey, we can do this parking lot over here. And then we'll bus you guys over here. They can do that. So I don't want to hear the whole, well, that's not what they do. We there every stadium that has that kind of issue make some sort of like alternative, like because they know if you're drinking and you're gonna come, they want you to still get to the stadium. But like we kind of mentioned, the ticket sale prices are not amicable to college prices for the games. We also didn't see our first deal that buy one, get one until after the summer. Everybody harks on these other schools filling up. Do you know when they put out their first deals? Is the beginning of summer. So everybody's buying up all the tickets. We're doing ours when the season's already going. Where if I'm trying to plan for going down to Miami, it's very hard to do when you just put your first sale out halfway through the season. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's it's this is not what they should be doing. The first the only buy one, get one free, the only promotion you've done. For 15 years, here let's put it in context. 15 years, I could find one special, and that's from a couple weeks ago. The most other thing you see is appreciation day. This is why the stadium doesn't get full, is you have to have tickets that are being sold for other prices. And before the Florida State people come for me and say, Well, your as tickets ain't shit. This was their shit this year. They sold Three home games out of six for one day, 4th of July, 17 bucks for three that's, tickets. That's for all three games, correct? Yeah, but, right, and for those, three. And those three games are Southern Miss, Syracuse, and North Carolina. But we, I don't know why we didn't do that. Miami, Ohio. Right. But so they used Cookman. to offer. They used to offer like a like a like a, a four game plan or like a three game plan. They have offered that in the past. Can you go back to your your last page real quick? I just want. Can I touch on something real quick? Yeah. When you talk about like raised ticket prices, they like, listen. I was up in arms on that, right? Because right again, you're coming off a five and seven season, right? And then I look at what is the potential, right? And, and you look at what Radakovich has did at Clemson, but. And I try to explain this to people too. Number one, like we're not Clemson. We're not going to have 80,000 fans in the stadium every single week. It's just not going to happen. Right. I go back to the Nebraska, you know, scenario. You've got to be able to look at the, the economical value of what your season tickers, you know, season ticket holders bring to you. And then how right. can you get <clears throat> regular ordinary fans that want to come to a game or two here or there? Bingo. How can we get them into the stadium? And again, you want to offer a, a mini game plan for for a hundred dollars, where it's like, okay, it's three games for a hundred dollars. It's thirty three dollars a ticket. You sit in the right. three hundred level, right? Those are the things that you want to try to do to kind exactly. of you know strategize in order to get people. I've actually had conversations with people to where maybe you take that West End Zone and you make that back to a general admission area, 
to exactly. where right. you, you know that it's getting full. So when the camera's scanning around, like, so let me, let me ask you this. We have, I think, three or four different student sections starting from like sections 106. Uh, it could be 105 too. 105, 106, 107, 111, or 112, whatever it is. It's, I don't think one, you need uh, 112 and 115 in that area. It's right below. Yeah, and it's, it's from 105 to 107 as well, from exactly. rows 10 and back. You're not yeah. using those. Like you're you're right. only using those for certain games, right? Right. So what you do is you have people say, listen, I don't care if it's after the first quarter. If you're in the 300 level and those seats are available after the first quarter, you bring everybody down. It's, it's, not, rocket, it's not rocket science, right? Correct. So, but going back to your other points that you had down there, um, you talk about the parking. Number one, a lot of people just need to understand this, and you had the stat up earlier. We are a leasee renting a stadium from a landlord. You are told Correct. what you can and cannot do. If Stephen Ross says, I want more area for F1, I want more area for Miami Open, I want more area for the skyline, you got to do what you have to do. Like you're told what you can do. So, exactly. How do you, how do you justify, and I'm going to give you the answer, how do you justify raising your ticket prices and raising your uh, parking, you know, uh, parking passes when you don't have that inventory, supply and demand? I know that these people are going to pay the money because they want to tailgate here. But I'm going to do them a solid. I'm going to actually say, you know what? I'm going to give you all five hours early instead of, you know, just the one green lot opens at five hours. Now the whole stadium opens at five hours. So we're going to compensate you. Yeah, we took, you know, 5,000 parking spaces, but we're going to raise the price. But we're going to let you come in an extra hour early for everybody. That's how you compensate it. Yeah. And I, I think you do. Oh, go ahead, Lex. My bad. Go ahead. No, no, I'm and this this is gonna this is a very off question, Ao and Derek. But Derek, being in Miami for so long at three hundred five, you know, there's always a talk about building your own stadium. Ain't happening. <laughs> just nowhere to put it. I don't think it will either. What, the only way you could have done that was years ago before you built the the Watsco Center. That would probably have been the only area that you probably could have squeezed a stadium in there. But but you have to figure. Where are you putting a stadium? You're not putting at Tamiami. You're not putting at a Tropical Park. You just you're not. not. I don't know where in Doral. I, I mean, and, you ever drive down? You ever drive on the Palmetto to try to get off on Bird Road? Like it's you're not doing it, right? Because you know that's what I give credit to UCF. UCF Stadium is only like forty thousand people, and they collapse right. it. It sounds like it's a hundred thousand yeah. people, Correct. but it's very small. So I give them. I give them. I was thinking, if there was there a smaller design that could be done. <laughs> but I, I have brought that up, right? Because you you're very you're very like on point with that, right? Oh, my dog. What up, Rasta? Just breaking in. I don't I don't even mind it anymore. I I just take the break in like it's just gonna happen. I figure that's, someone's gonna jump in here. That's like my nephew right there. Right? What, what, what's what's that that again, man? I, I, once I see, I said, bro, they got the world famous Garrett Cole. I can't not be on this show. Hey, hey, we're going to give him a golf clap. Give him a golf. But you That's know right. what? Most people break out. Rasta breaks in. But there, it, right. answer me that because the UCF stadium is in the middle campus. Doesn't take as much as much space as people think. 
and it's but a they, collapsed the way it's built, it's collapsed type stadium. But they have which, property in order to have that stadium there. You're not yeah. putting that stadium anywhere near Coral Gables. You don't have the infrastructure, you don't have the space. I went up in 2015 to the University of Cincinnati. And if you remember, we wore the Miami Ice uniforms, we got yeah. beat by Cincinnati. But that stadium there was about, I think, 42,000 fans. But the way that that bowl cupped up, it was one of the most amazing stadiums that I've ever been in. The problem is you're not putting that. Listen, I've always said you can build a 45,000-seat stadium here in Miami, and then if you have a big game, you move it to the Rock, right? But at the end of the day, where do you have the room? Maybe you knock down the Metro Rail. I don't know what you do, but you're not putting it. And obviously you don't hear from John Ruiz anymore because it ain't happening. Yeah, that one's a little – that one's a little – hard to swallow still i mean it's just it is what it is with him but i got one for all of you like and like co mentioned like i really think that what you said leads into exactly what the the problem is but the solution is as well is the environment the compensation okay like you're you're everyone here has one stadium that's on a bucket list right because we're all college football fans. It's either the shoe, wide out at Penn State, a Notre Dame game. The you know, it 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 is what it is with college football, is you get to experience the atmosphere. I'm gonna bring this up because this is the things that we're tending for to forget as well, which is starting to play into this. Like Co mentioned, if your landlord says you can't do it, then guess what? You can't do it. Do you guys remember this little guy? <laughs> oh, experience that was the best, the best. Just had it, and then magically gone. The as I researched why the inflatable was gone, no one wanted to put it up and put it down because it's under Hard Rock's uh, staff. They didn't want to pay people to keep putting it up and taking it down. Had nothing to do with Miami. Had nothing to do with players didn't like it or anything like that. It was just I don't want to keep paying staffers for Miami shit when. I have to pay them tomorrow. So you're not going to get that anymore. So the experience has been also getting kind of pushed over too. Like, like Derek mentioned, what you had at that stadium when it was OB was you had all your experience there. You had the pyrotechnics, you had the sounds, you had the fans, you had the you had atmosphere. Piss on top of your head. I mean, you had it all. Exactly. You had had something happen. You ran out of bottled waters in a stadium. (laughs) Right. But the other thing, too, is – let me see if I can find it on here. Is this part. Look what he said. Look what worked for you. It smelled like piss, but that'll be shook. It shook, and it scared people. Here, try and get – this would be one of our last games. Try and guess which one this is. One of these is for a special occasion. One of these is before and after a win. One of these is during a touchdown. And one of these is not like the others. Well, we know the top left. That's when J-Lo uh, and Shakira did the show. I asked to be because that's the greatest show I've ever seen in my life, boys. Right. <laughs> so I guess that one. The bottom right is probably Florida finally scoring a touchdown. Maybe not even this year because I don't know if they scored one this year. But that looks Maybe. like a touchdown for Florida. <laughs> no, we, we scored a field goal. They were so happy. Lex, am I gonna wash this jersey before that? Yeah, man. Once we once they put it out, we were wearing these. I had to bring it out. I haven't been having it for a year and a half. We got Max on there. That's UCF on the bottom. 
And is that is that Clemson scoring a touchdown? No, no that looks Tennessee. like that looks like Tennessee. Yeah, the upper Tennessee. Right. So I Correct. was in Tennessee in 2002, and let me tell you, like again, I don't know. Let me ask you this: which hey, what's your bucket list stadium to go to? Mine is probably uh, well, actually, it's, it's going down to Miami because that's going to be the first game I go down to. Um, and you have to come to the Rock, not the OB. Okay. Yeah. So the. But the bucket list, if I had to go to any of them, I think I want to go to a Michigan game just because it's a huge-ass stadium. I'd like to see that. I mean, it's always been – especially because it's like it's relative to my location in the in Iowa. So I think if I had to go to a game up here, it would probably, probably be a Michigan game itself. I want to – I can't do Iowa to, State. Derek, I mean, I would love to go to Rose Bowl and all that, but I want to go to Virginia Tech at night when they do the Metallica thing. You got to really go there on a thir- Thursday night, a Thursday night ACC matchup with Enter Sandman. Yeah, that'd be dope. I, that, 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 that's cool as hell to see. You know what I'm saying? Rasta, what's right. yours? Mine's Death Valley at night. The real Death Valley. Yeah, Not LSU. Shit in South Carolina. <laughs> Is there one you haven't been to? I would love to go out to the Coliseum in USC. Um, mm-hmm. That's a dope uh, you know, one. Again, you know. I've been to a lot of stadiums, but, you know, and then now with Miami getting, you know, Cal and Stanford, you know, coming to the ACC, like that just makes the West Coast trips even better. But like, you know, who knows now with the 12 team playoff going into implication next year, who knows where some of the games are going to be played. But there's just something about that Coliseum, you know, just going to the Coliseum and and being able to, to witness a game in there. Hey, Dick, you just Max ain't happening. <laughs> Max, if I come out there, we're going to In and Out Burger. That's it. <laughs> the funny part is, you, know, you tell Max about, hey, we're going to see a stadium. Every time you see a place in Cali, Max lives eight hours away. I'm like, how big is California? You're oh, yeah, that's crazy. So. But the but the point of the slide is, we don't we're we're only told that the the top left can only happen for us on a special occasion. You don't have it after a touchdown anymore. You don't have it before the game or after the game, even if there's a win. I mean, there's just – you're losing more and more of the ambience. And I don't want to hear the the budget of Miami because, like like Lex mentioned right at the very top, the bottom left with right there is fireworks, right there is smoke, and right there is some fire is UCF. It can be done. Once again, the people who are, like you said, the landlord – do not want to pay for more staffers to be there to do this, which is fine because that's on their that's on their side. It has to be more of in play with Miami, but I don't know if Miami gets the people over there to be able to run that kind of option. The other thing that we just found out was Miami just has its first DJ. I'm glad the you last time they because that, that is the first time has been the best the thing besides besides the offense. The DJ has been the best thing to happen. <laughs> This whole season. No, no, and, no, and Derek, here's, no. Here's Derek, the bad no. part. No, no DJ prior to uh, the last thing I could find was from 2013. Everything else I have, there's no, I can't find it between any of the people I talked to from the from from Hard Rock and no one I can talk to from Miami. No one knows who runs the game day music at all. They don't know which one was which. And that's that's crazy to think about. This is a one of the top performing hard rock stadium in the world. And you don't, you can't get me a DJ for the game. You know how many DJs are in Miami? (laughs) That's wild. Like you can go down the street and find somebody with a dope ass mixtape. And you're telling me 
that you can't get a game day DJ. And then the DJ they do have this year, shout out to DJ Volume, by the way. I'm going to try and get him out in here one of these days. Um, he was only there for one game, and he missed the Texas A&M game. And then he was able to do the next game. And then I think they're following suit now. But that all is starting to stack up on what you're – think about what your experience really is. Higher prices. Less of an able ability to do the tailgate stuff because it's just the price is going up. Your ticket sales have kind of maybe weathered you from going from three games, four games to maybe two games mm-hmm. this year. The ambiance isn't the same. When you go, is it a show anymore or is it only purely on the product on the field? And that's it. How do you feel and how do your kids feel when they're watching the game? Because it's super hard to keep a kid entertained for four hours. You must not know my kid. <laughs> I'm just saying like, but think of it like this. If 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 the cannon was still there, yeah. if the inflatable is still there, if we have the fire, the pyro, the music, the ambience, that kid's going to remember the game more. Yeah, they're going to remember the game because we're there, but I'm just saying the experience is what overhypes it. That's why everybody has a bucket list atmosphere because we've seen all those plays on TV over the years that rain or shine, that shit's still there. And I get it because of the stadium and you know college towns versus not college towns, but if you make Miami a show, and really lean into the entertainment value of it and say, you know what? We can make this shit a concert. We could have little John, the Eastside boys here every other week. If we really wanted to, we could have DJ Khaled down the street, pop in here once, once in a blue moon, you could do stuff that really brings people in, make the ticket prices cheap, brings everybody in. You could do little stuff here and there. It's just the fact that we're only told that this is for special occasions. This is only if you guys start winning, this is only if a big time team comes. And that's what makes it different for me is that, even the little stuff where our guys can get even, you know, more excited during a game where there's fireworks and, you know, a cannon goes off every time they score. A hurricane siren goes off when they're running out. That little shit adds up. And we're missing all of that now. And that's the only reason I bring this up is because we're missing the atmosphere, too. And that's hard to continue on this path is that's why I think everybody wants their own stadium is we're missing this. Where are you putting Sorry. the stadium? Where are you putting the stadium? Oh, I don't. I don't mean yeah. we had to build a stadium. Well, I'm just saying our stadium is missing it. I don't. Well, can we negotiate with, with the landlord? I mean, isn't there That's a way? To, isn't there a way for for Rad to go to? I mean, of course, Rad. You know, you're not talking to the owner Ross, but you're talking to whoever runs it. Saying, what can we do? Because the more people we get here, the more we generate for the Hard Rock. So how can we? Figure, there has to be a ways, guys. Just, there's a way to make anything. I'm in construction, Derek. So I, I I build up the three the three stories. I deal with Publixes and Walmart. And when a customer like Publix comes up to me and says, "We need to make this happen," the answer is there's always a way. Will it cost? Yes. Are there sacrifices? But there is a way to make it happen. So what's the excuse now? Do I have a philosophy? Yeah. Right. It don't hurt to ask. All they can do is tell you exactly. No. Right. You can exactly. go with, you can, my thing is who is their marketing people? Like who who exactly I've tried to I've tried to implement some type of like I don't say a round table, but reach out to some fans who have been doing this for a number of years and don't just send me a survey at the end of the game. Thank you for coming to the game last week. Would you like to <laughs> give us a feedback? Right. But my thing no, is I, 
yeah. get a panel together and say, listen, how Correct. can we make game day more enjoyable, more accessible, and more fun for the fan base? Again, exactly. that's what you want. You get people to give ideas, and then they take it to Stephen Ross or whoever's in charge and say, look, this is what we're getting from the fans and from the University of Miami. How can we make this happen? What can we do to make this applicable? I mean, it don't hurt to right. ask. And, and just like you brilliantly said is – do you really think out of this fan base that there's not DJs, people who run pyrotechnics that do all this shit who would be like, I'll do that shit for free. Just let free. me come down to the game. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need I don't need fucking money. Just put me there so then well, the my my Kane's family can have that experience. Because the one thing that we've learned about this team is that the diehards that are still in that building want all of that shit back. And they're so tired of being stepped on by Hard Rock that they're going to do whatever it takes to get this back. If they say, you know what, give me an air pump and I'll pump that shit up myself, they're going to do it. So so the reason why we don't have Touchdown Tommy, the cannon anymore, is because one of the uh, someone that was walking by it got a little bit of sound right to their ear and they sued him for 15 grand. Correct. And that's why they got rid of it in 2013. You talk about not having someone blow up the inflatable, right? They still have to bring, if you notice when they come through the smoke, they do have like the fire and stuff. They still have to have people that are rolling out those like right. the flames and all that stuff. So, and, and so funny story is I had asked Mario about a year and a half ago, when we get the helmet back. Right. He, he looked at me and shook his head again. I think if Mario says, let's put the helmet right there, let him run through the smoke of the helmet. I guarantee you that that helmet would be sitting right there. Yeah, and 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 like you said, I I think we we want it so bad that like, because I I figure like this. Me and Lex talked about this before. Is the the the, the I call it the triangle. You know the Radikovich, you know Mario, and then you got Alonzo. Right now they're worried about setting the foundation up, right? And we kind of talked about having this show about you know, well down the road is when they can go after this stuff. And I get that, you know, you have other, you have other fish to fry right now. The foundation is the hardest thing you're going to set up. And I think that's, that's amicable. But when I think a lot of fans this year felt a really certain type of way when that price went up, because like you said, if the price can go up, then you know what, then decisions can be made fast. If the decision can be made fast in any business, then you have to put the customer first. Every business is always going to tell you the first thing is first is that at the end of the day, customer is number one. If you want the stadium fuller where it's no longer on TV looking like ass with halfway empty, then you put all your your media people out there to get asses in those stands. I don't care how. You know what I mean? Like you said, make it general admission for those games and they all come down. Who cares? Fill it up somehow. But you can make it look not as empty. I go to Rasta. I, you know, with fireworks, it might be a little different because of permitting and stuff like that. Right, right, right. But I go to Rasta, who owns a, a company that, that's good popularity, has the blow-up stuff. Hey, Rasta, you come do this for two hours on a Saturday, and we'll give you some free publicity. There's ways around everything. You know, right. what kind of, Rasta, you're not going to say no to me. If, hey, Rasta, get your five guys. You have the blow up thing. There's seven Saturdays that you have to be here for two hours. I mean, Rasta's not going to say no. Look at the publicity you're going to get out of it. Right. So why can't and you get we to watch the game? <laughs> and you get to watch the and, game. 
So another thing that we brought up about passing on the prices because it's going to go to the consumer, right? Okay, I get that. That's revenue, right? So let's let's walk into the last thing because me and Lex were talking about this right before the show. If revenue at the stadium is what is going to be passed over for ticket sales, tell me about your stores down there because what I've heard is is shit. So it can't just be that it's all about passing over ticket prices to a consumer when you have a rack in a team store and a team store is located in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine locations. And you're giving us a rack in each one. And what I've heard is that they look like they came from Walmart down the street and they're very generic stuff. And you just, that's why you have to go to all canes and you have to go to um, caneswear uh, because they have better stuff. If, if, if Hard Rock really wanted to generate sales, then why don't these two stores who are the epitomes have a game day location? You know how much money that would drive in? If you're talking about money has to be made in order to pay for all what we're doing, then why haven't these brilliant minds said, hey, you know what, then we need to bring in the most amount of money by collectively making sure you don't have to drive 15 minutes down the street. I can put you in here set up shop and you can sell everything by the bus load and it's out. So they, but do, do, I, they do do a couple things like the team store on the ground level, right? Like right kind of right next to the statue, right? Like right by the, like the 72 club entrance. And they like for game days, they do kind of split it to where you still have your dolphins, you know, apparel, but they kind of do throw some canes apparel in there. And then I know in the club level, they have a couple little like pop-up shops, you know, per se, that are right there and they have some pom-poms, they have a few little t-shirts, a couple sweaters, but I agree with you. You know, I know um, a couple of years ago, I think Harry from all Kings used to have like a tent or something set up or a canopy, you know, kind of up on the 100 level where you'd walk up and you could buy stuff right there, you know, but you got to do something for the fans. You know, look, there's times I go to a game and I always bring extra clothes because number one, it's hot, you're sweating, you know, whatever it's rainy, you know? So look, before you go into the stadium, you go throw some deodorant on, you change your clothes, but if you yeah. had something in there, maybe I'd go buy a different outfit. Maybe I'd buy a sweater. Right. Who knows? So, and like you guys all mentioned, and I'll I'll, I'll quick this one up because I, I hate covering Derek's face up. So I felt I feel bad. No, you're good. I pulled the comment. You can cover but it all the time. <laughs> it it that's what we've been consistently seeing in the chat is it's the landlord. So you know what we're going to talk about it, and this is something that I don't think a whole lot of Kings fans have been talking about is. Ross. Steven Ross is the owner of the Dolphins and Hard Rock Stadium. Did you know he's also a major contributor for Michigan as well? Yes. So Mr. Ross has over the last since about 2000 and when I looked it up, it was 2003 to the till notably 2019. He has sent them about four hundred and seventy eight million dollars. Four hundred and seventy eight million of your dollars. Let's just put this in context to be real. I don't have to sell out hard rock. I don't have to sell out anything if I'm him. I mean, really, he's a billionaire. But I do find it kind of coincidental that a lot of these donations were around 13 and 14. Whereas I'm starting to see that the atmosphere at the hard rocks are going down around that time, as we saw earlier in the slides, that your sales went down considerably right after that. I don't know a donor who spends that much money in if they're not getting anything back out of this, we were decent. I mean, 
I think there might have been a decent relationship around that time. But I also do think that you you follow the money. If you're spending that much money, but in your second paragraph, you say that you're over here in Miami helping develop it and getting in, in involved in the community. Where the hell is that at? That's not NFL cares because I guarantee there's dolphin, you know, NFL relations with the community. I'm talking about from him. Like, where's that at in Miami? If, if that's really been the case, I'd like to see this because what I've seen is nothingness. And that's the hard truth is you're, you're the chat's been right. You guys have all been right. It stems back is if you're following what we've been talking about, if there's no pressure from the top to fill a stadium, if there's no pressure from the top to say we need better on Saturdays, if the top says we're good with you being mediocre as shit, collect your check and go home. You ain't got no ties in Miami. Who cares? It makes you start questioning it a lot more. And that's what I'm saying is it's the top. You yeah. don't have a relationship with the community. That's the top because the top is who drives your business initiatives. And that one's a tough pill to swallow is you're sending that much money to Michigan. I don't know how I feel about that one. I Ross, mean, how it, you feel about it? Oh, I can't stand Steven, Steven Ross. You can ship his ass yeah. right back to Michigan. I can care less. So I think Miami fans have always directed their anger towards the Canes. And, it, and it's not them. And I, that's what I brought and up. That's I, that's, I had a preface earlier. You can't. So, exactly. So let me ask you this. Again, you're a leasee with a landlord who tells you what you can and can't do. Mm-hmm. What's to say you don't piss that landlord off and he says, you know what? You're evicted. And then what do you do mm-hmm. with your program? I, I'm just That's just plain hypothetical, right? Well, just like right. – well, just hypothetically, like, we got to be – you know, we got to do what we're told. They, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are Ross. Ross can't tell Miami you're not playing here next year. There's always legalities that protect both people when you're yeah, coming to correct. this. But you know, the I, 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 that but all the time, maybe, man. but there, maybe a threat from Ross makes Miami find a way and in with the city to try to find a stadium somehow. Look again, everything is possible. So there yeah. is obviously and listen, Inner Miami is building a huge complex right there off the 836, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, and, and I'm not I've been in Miami, but when you say 836, is that closer to the to the campus? Where's that yeah, more? Yeah, Miami? yeah. It's you know, it's 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 a lot closer than hard rock, right? So it's you know, kind of 836, just no, you know, off Red Road. It's kind of by the airport, kind of in that vicinity. You know, again, I think they used to stay right there by the airport, if I'm not mistaken, Ross at the Fountain Blue, which was out right on the 836. Yep. So, you know, maybe it's a 10, 15 minute drive, you know, just right up Red Road, runs right into the 836. But again, wow. you still have 11 more years on this on this lease. I'm not saying you can't yeah. break the lease. Where are you getting the money to break the lease? If, <laughs> if something, exactly. something would have come to fruition. You don't break the lease, but it's going to take with the with with how crowded Miami is. And, you know, let's just say with everybody's stuff in their pockets and politics down there in Miami. It, you know, let's say yep. you can build a stadium in three years if everything went smooth. In Miami, it's going to take you five to six. So planning, and that's building. So planning technically should be starting here very soon behind closed doors if you're thinking about it because you know it's in Miami. It's going to take double the time. 
So the right. lease being broken in 33 doesn't doesn't do anything. I always said the biggest thing I would love to see happen is the Marlins defunct, go somewhere else. You can literally tear down the lower bowl of the, you know, Marlins Park and just redo a football field in there. I mean, yeah. that, that would be the ideal. And then you would have a top-notch retractable dome stadium in South Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Much needed, too. But like you guys mentioned, like – because I, I think that for for hurricane fans, we've always done the same thing, right? Is and that's what the reason why we did the show was there's always been so many blockades of what and why we can't that there is things that can be changed that affect that landlord relationship, you know, where I, I like you said about having a panel, you know, where I I strongly believe in the in the power of having that, you know employee first that in engagement first culture where if i'm anybody that's in hard rock or in 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 the canes athletics for the for the love of god those season ticket holders need to be rewarded for the love of god for the shit you guys have been paying for i have to reward you people by making sure that i i keep you here as my 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 niche you are the buttercup i need because you're going to be you've been here through all this thick and thin already it's time to reward them by making sure that the the new p- passing over is to the new people who are walking in the day of the stadium yeah. where there is different like you said for people out, out out of town you have a hotel a casino busing logic you know all this stuff that hard rock provides why would you not have packages available where I can go get all that shit from one stop shop. That means you just did a hotel room, two nights, and you got me there for a game. Which means I'm drinking in your casino. I'm buying your shit. I'm at your place. That means all my money is going to one place. Yeah. That is where money comes in. And if you give me a little bit of savings, except for going to one game, maybe I just went to two games or three games. That's consistent money coming in. Where there is little things that they can be done that continues to bring in the new we need we obviously need new fanhood you know where we need new blood because a lot of the guys that are in in those stadiums right now are our age we're getting older you know we need to have that younger blood that's in those student sessions going nuts because i guarantee you put all four of us in that student session to go nuts we're gonna be worn the hell out by second quarter we're, we're sitting down sebastian's gonna come give us a high five as we're laying there laying back like we don't got that energy. We need new energy in that building. And that's how you're going to attract them. That means you have to go after their budget. You can't do it off of an NFL budget. You can't do it off these high ass ticket prices. You have to go after what is their, what is a 21 year old to 25 year old in Miami's budget. And how do you lure them away from the beach for a little bit? Make it an atmosphere, make it fun as shit, get them the hell out of there, lodge them to South beach so they can get right back down there. Do what you need to do to make Miami a stop, a pit stop in their night. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. They're going to be up till 5 a.m. But if I can get them to pit stop here and party, they can go on their merry-go-way. And we get the beautiful TV sighting of everybody there. Yeah, but I'll say so this. I mean, when you speak about, you know, obviously getting the students involved, having the student section, stuff like that, I don't think it doesn't matter if you put the, the, the hard rock where the head is i don't think it'll matter you don't have a college atmosphere like Yangsville, at you know athens and, and baton rouge and all that 
you're not you have a, a such an international student base you right. know, at the University of Miami and it's so small already. People don't even care about the game of football on campus. It's it's not a huge thing. Miami's fan base is the city, right? South Florida, right. A Broward and, and Palm Beach and then all the way across the world, right? So I don't think it matters like because you always see obviously the trolls, but even our own fan base, oh, we gotta get the close like stadium to Tropical Park because it's you can walk to it, right? I don't think it matters. You can put the stadium at Drive Peak in Fort Lauderdale, it's still gonna be the same same people showing up. Right. It's it's not the students. Like, like right, you don't need students, you need 21 year olds. That's what I'm saying. Like you need right, that right, demographic right. in there. And I, I agree with that, but I think honestly, when you're when you're looking at our fan base. You got to touch more of the 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 kids, right? In in the right, community. absolutely. You got to get with. I will be at these youth parks because you do have younger parents, right? Obviously, kids having kids, but you do have that younger generation, like you said, where you get the twenty to twenty nine, you know, range, and just bro, if you start giving tickets and, and gear and all that to these kids, what you think the parents gonna do? Oh man, like. I, I love this. Like I love the I'm gonna support them. They support us. That's right. what I think you really have got to, to crack into is you gotta start outreaching a lot more than just the, the students, right? The, the university itself. And you're gonna have people traveling traveling from Homestead to Hard Rock. You're gonna have people traveling from Broward, Orlando, you know, Jacksonville. You're gonna have that regardless. But if you wanna fill the seats, you need to start reaching the community. Because that's really what is what you're going to do. You talk to a lot of the the alumni, right? I know a lot of people are a little, um, yeah, I'm having a whole brain fart. You have you have a lot of those guys who grew up in the '80s, right? As kids, they'll tell you, bro, we used to catch a bus as as Pop Warner players as a team, and we would go to the, go to the OB. You talk to yep. a lot of those. That's what we used to do. How Howard yep. Schellenberger, Co- Coach Snell changed the atmosphere because of that he went in the inner city of miami and yeah. reached out to people that would have never even went like thought about i want to go watch the miami hurricane look what i did for recruiting look what that did for the university that that that's what to me you really got to do we could talk stadium all day long but who who honestly like it doesn't matter we need to fulfill the seats we need to to, to broaden obviously our fan base but you do that by, by reaching these these younger kids and their families to me, that's where it starts, you know, like you can do the same thing you're talking about, you know, doing the package, you know, having kids come to the stadium and you, know, you give them like a little box or whatever, it's gloves or towels or whatever. And the kids are coming like you just got to right. convince obviously the parents, but you can still do the same thing that you're talking about where you have the hard rock name, you know, give a give a weekend or whatever for a family and then in the uh, hotel or whatever. I mean, there's so much, like you said, and I agree with you. You've got to, to really start branding the you yeah. with Hard Rock, you know, not just the you. Like, you've got to start combining these together. And I don't care if it's a Dolphin and Kane combination at a youth center or, you know, at a, a park, you know, or something. But you definitely got to bring the brand together. Yeah, I, I think that's why it's the first. Well, wait. There you go. First yeah. bullet on there is community involvement is you have to make Miami, Miami. You know, you can't have Miami versus 
all this other stuff. It's got to be you're the Dolphins, we're the Hurricanes. If we're both going to share that damn end zone because we have the same name, then we need to have this. It needs to be all of it. You know what's going to solve that? Winning, right? I mean, obviously, look, it starts with winning. You can't go exactly. there and try, you can't go out and try to, hey, look, why don't you guys come to a game when you're five and seven? Like, right. you can't. That too. Now, listen, you you go against Georgia Tech, you beat them by three tutties. You go to Carolina, you win by 10, 14 points. You come back for Clemson, maybe you you win a close game by three points. Now, you, you listen, the rest of your schedule set up. You know, who knows? You go up into November 11th up to Tallahassee, and you got a top five, you know, two top five teams mm-hmm. playing up there. Like now it's now it's your competition, right? So now it's your Joe Yearby, Dalvin Cooks. It's you know it's it's your uh, Patrick Payton's and your Baines. Like like now you have that inner city, you know, teammates that are now rivals. That's what's going to make it happen. You got to win. Yep. Winning's yep. going to solve everything. I'm not saying you're going to get seventy five thousand fans at the at the stadium every week, right? But when you start producing a winning type mentality, and I think that's what Mario has done. By cutting forty right. something players and getting forty something new players on on roster, like it's a different mentality. And you brought that up earlier. Mario comes from that that Dennis Jimmy Johnson, Dennis Erickson, Nick Saban type, you know, mantra to where look, it's it's we're gonna win. You know, you can go to like the Denzel, you know, Washington. You know, we remember the Titans. I'm a winner. I'm gonna win. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> so this is what Mario has implemented, and you see it already in the culture. And you see it in the attitude of the current players. And even with the transfer portal, getting the guys that come in. I mean, look, you look at that O-line and you bring in a Cohen, you bring in a Matt Lee, you know, you bring in, you know, guys that are used to winning. It's only going to get better if you continue to produce and win on the field. Correct. Hey, uh, Norman with another $15 donor. Norman, thank you, man. We appreciate it, man. Everything's going good. Uh, Hope you're well always. Bro, let's be honest. With this stadium talk, we could do a 24-hour podcast <laughs> and still not run out because there's so many ways of breaking it down. And, you know, we're all passionate Canes fans, so let's tell the truth, man. We want to see a stadium happen. I have no problem with the Hard Rock, um, especially coming from Central Florida every weekend. I like the location. You know, it does take a few minutes to get back to the turnpike. You know, it takes me 30 minutes to walk or go two miles. But I like the location of everything. But we got to get to some conclusions here. Um, Derek, I didn't. I, I was going to give you the heads up on what we do at the end of every show. But <laughs> I said, screw it. We don't do that. We didn't do that to Rasta. We didn't do that to anybody else. We're going to do it to you. And we're going to give you a minute to think about it. So we have something that AO came up with that is called the hot takes. And every show we do a hot take. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Uh, A.O. will give you an example, and then you're going to go. So you're going to get one minute. So a hot take to us is not saying we're going to beat Georgia Tech. We're all we're confident. Two hot takes of mine worth at the beginning of the year is James Williams is going to outplay Camp's Kitchens at the end of the year. Um, I thought James Williams just got his head on straight. He put it on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that he's refocused, and he's playing his lights out. So that's something I call him. I also said that when this year's over, TVD will be in New York battling for the Heisman Trophy winner. I I really believe he's going to hit 4,000 yards or close to it. Ayo, give him a hot take that you said. Ooh, uh, one 
I think I oh actually one in the summer was that we'd get two four stars within a week. We end up with a five and a three, but they pretty much evened out to a four and a four. Um, the other one was it is still going to come. I'm 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 thinking it's going to come really quick. Is that we were going to steal an Ohio State receiver this year? I think that's still I think that's still the works. So so my uh, my hot take for this week is going to be. I think TBD gets five TDs in the air this week against Georgia Tech. I'm going to go five. Next week. Next week. Yeah, next week. Next week. So, I got my hot take. My hot take is not with Kane's football. I think Clemson beats Duke on the road, which I think Clemson's going to beat Duke on the road. You mean Notre Dame? Yeah. Or Notre Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Notre Dame plays Duke. Yeah. I think Notre Dame beats Duke. On the road, this, but you know, my hot take is that the um, I don't think we beat Georgia Tech by three scores like everybody else. Uh, I think it's going to be 10 to 14 points. Um, there's just some things after watching Georgia Tech that I give them a little credit, they're they're trying to build something up there, and you, I'm going to give them a lot of credit. No, so, right. any hot take, it can be about any specific game or records, a player, okay. something that you think is going to define all odds. Go okay. for it. Xavier Restrepo goes for a thousand yards. Ooh, I like that. I do like that one a lot. I've been drinking. X, is, X has been dope this year, man. Years. Yeah, X, X X is the real deal, right? Obviously, he's a redshirt sophomore. Um, you know, got a lot of upside. He's just a dog, and he's a dog that we haven't seen play receiver in a long time. Not taking away nothing from from Kobe Young or from from Jacoby George because they've actually shined this year. But man, X just brings it. You know, obviously you can look at the DMX song and say X gonna give it to you, right? Like, just yeah. Why don't they play that song every time he gets a, a reception? Facts. DJ Volume. If you, I'm gonna probably clip this and make sure I put that out there. Can Do we it. give <laughs> our players the rightful music when they are getting in a zone? Play the jams for the love of God, please. Yeah. Ross, <laughs> before you say before, before Rasta says anything, Birdstone. You know I love you. Big supporter. Say no to drugs, sir. <laughs> Say no to drugs. I, I, don't, I don't see I don't, that happen. I don't think he's wrong. I mean, no, USC got a doo doo. They got cheeks on defense. Bro. Yeah, their defense is not that good. It's not I, Oregon's type defense. No. They're not that I, fast. Saturday was we just recorded uh, the show for Saturday morning. So me and Dave talked about uh, all our picks. I can't talk about picks on here, but I, I can't just too far disagree with that statement. Well, Wait. I'm going to say oh, real quick. Last one. Music. The, oh, no, 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 no. Hold up. So, Derek, I called it before the season. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. We're going undefeated. There you go. We're kicking everybody's ass. I never I don't give a shit. Kick me out of YouTube. <laughs> We're going to the ship. Miami wins it all this year. I don't give a damn. And until anything changes, prove <laughs> me wrong. Because Facts. I'm going to tell you. and I'm You're gonna, a quarter of the way there. <laughs> and guess That's right. What? We're going to clip this because I already said it. We're going to go to Clemson, Clemson in Miami undefeated. We're going to have a big Clemson win. We're going to have game day at FSU. And we're going to whoop on Trailer Hassey like there's no tomorrow. And I am calling Flo the day we win. I'm going to be on his show that night for the first time with a big-ass Cohiba Cuban cigar <laughs> like this. 
You ain't wrong, bro. Listen, I said at the beginning of the season too. You, you only way you can lose is if you beat yourself. You have the talent. Right. You Thank have the you. talent. Why? Hey, I've you know, Flo asked me one day why. I said people say I'll have this, how that. I said, why not us? Exactly. So Ao hit them with the music, and then I'll close off the show. Yeah. So we have, since we have had no DJ for the last 15 years, uh, we have been creating the Miami Mayhem playlist. So it is, it was supposed to be sent over to you so you could actually see all the different songs we have on there. Not bad. I, a, I think we have about, God, I think we're at almost what? nine hours at this point. Rasa has about half of all the songs that are on there. Listen, there's um, only one so, song you need to play. Just play that G, you bro. You already know. Tell it, Rasta. Put on. I put on for my city, bro. Come on. Yeah, that, that that was my number one pick on there too. Like I, that's what I have to listen to every time. You know what's really kind of funny is that I always thought about like Enter the Sandman, right? For that song that mine would come out to. Yeah. I think it's got to either be that song that they come out to. That would be our Enter the Sandman, or the 305 anthem by Pitbull and Little John. I always thought that would be a dope ass song to come out to with the with the smoke and the fire. Fast. One of those two songs. I think that I think you get Miami in a whole different vibe if you played one of those two songs during the their actual well, intro listen, coming out. When that smoke starts to billow and you hear that, and then you start hearing it. You know, I put on for my city, like bro. Like exactly. Like you tell me that that wouldn't be like where ESPN, ABC, all of them just cut the shit out of these announcers and say, "Get your ass cameras over there!" Like, go watch that. Like. It's funny. That, it's that's funny what I'm saying. Like, it's a whole different vibe if you do it right down when there. People, when that exactly. song comes on and we're in the stadium, I get everybody turning and looking at me like, why are you looking at me? Like, bro, like, <laughs> face forward. It's just a song. Face forward. All right, Lex, close us out, man. Let's do this. Eric, um, good seeing you at the games. Obviously, a couple of tailgates, man. Yeah, uh, man. Thank you for coming on. Appreciate uh, it. Guys. Hope, hopefully, maybe towards the uh, middle, to, maybe uh, sometime next month, come back on and join us. Yeah, man. Um, this show, we usually run about an hour, an hour and a half, so we appreciate everybody that's joined us. Rasta, thank you for breaking in. Like always, you know. Usual, that's always. enough right there, bro. <laughs> nah, I think he's trying to replace me with A.O. Derek. I got to watch that man. Real quick, man. His bestie will kick his butt if he tries, so I'll call my bestie right now and tell her. Who's your bestie? Your man. His wife. His wife is my bestie. We got, you know, just watch. We got eyes all everywhere. But, um, bro, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, man. Um, we got a bye week. Let's watch everybody else beat up on each other. Um, we don't like injuries, but if some certain key players for certain teams have a sprained ankle just for a few weeks, we don't care. But, um, Hey, the way we finish the show is the same way every week. It always has been, always will be about that you. Have a good night, guys. Thank you. See y'all. Check us out on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>